0: Good morning on Friday, November 24th, 2023, and it's early, and I suspect many people have the sort of the Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving fatigue, at least in the United States. If you ate a bunch of extra carbs yesterday, or you just ate a lot more than usual, you're probably feeling it this morning. And for those of you who are going to go hit the shopping (laughs) stores this morning to try to get the deals for Christmas... Good luck to you. my. Uh, you have my sympathy in terms of the crowds and the stress that will cause. We're going to talk today about Cardinal Zen, who is not a fan of uh, Francis's Synod of Sin, as it turns out. I'm not surprised that he's not a fan of it. I He has not the first time he has spoken out against it, but he just recently spoke out again in the last couple of days. So we're going to talk about that. And But first, we're going to Go check out and answer a question about from VS in the chat who asks who's D, the DJ in the thumbnail. So let's go take a look at a story from Tradition in Action. <laughs> with, and see, there you go. <laughs> you have a priest. Yes, that is a priest. He's wearing a collar with a flannel, and he's Brazilian. And the story is about a Brazilian DJ priest. Above, you see Father José Antonio de Silva Coelho, parish priest at our lady of grace's church in the diocese of santo amaro in sao paulo brazil besides his parish duties he has another quote job he has become famous for being a dj priest who plays edm electronic dance music for the youth in nightclub or rave atmospheres his disc jockey stage name is father father zeton the modernists aren't always sending their best folks since he is conservative, oh really, he has been invited to exercise his technical skills in many the middle-of-the-road dioceses. He also appears regularly on TV aparecida the largest Catholic TV station in Brazil, comparable to EWTN in the U.S. When the conservative clergy adhere so deeply to the modern world, we can evaluate the full extent of progressivism's victory in the conciliar church. And so there you go, there he is, in a cassock uh, with uh, sacred imagery behind him, DJing. Yeah, you know, dancing, getting everybody to, you know, get to you know get down with it. it. Looks like he's got a bit of a you know a dance line going. Yeah, you know, this folks is the state of the church right now, and that is apparently one of the better priests. And look, anybody objecting, saying well, it's just a hobby, whatever. Look, I don't care if a priest has a hobby. I don't. I mean, in fact, it's probably good for priests to have hobbies. If you play video games, if you do you know, you play sports, go to the gym, whatever it is, even DJing. I just advise people not to do things that would cause scandal, like say, for instance, doing it in your clericals or being very public about it. There's, there's this old sort of uh, Twitter meme, almost of the very online priests who spend most of their day tweeting about video games and not the faith. And this is the same kind of thinking. And this is, one of those things that we should actually be wary of in the in the church. Laura said reminds us the DJ the D, that a DJ played house music at the synod. Yes, and I covered that story here. That absolutely absolutely here. The kids probably thought they were heading to a rave. Well, actually again, he was DJing at church approved raves, which sounds a little weird to me. So yes, Good morning to all of you. Wishing good morning in the chat. Robert Ferex says he couldn't sleep. So up for the day. Yeah, I'm doing this stream a little earlier than normal because I'm going to attempt to get back to sleep after having gotten up and done some work. That's kind of the goal here. Hopefully my wife was able to get some sleep because she informed me just minutes before going on here that our baby boy was not letting her sleep. So Sao Paulo would rather venerate the secular Madonna than our blessed mother. That's what I hear that, uh, Brazil is the state of the faith in the church in Brazil is not that great. And this brings us nicely, I think as a segue to the story from Info Vaticana, which is Cardinal Zen, it is bad to use synodality to confuse minds. This is so Cardinal Zen issued a story on his blog, which the translation just doesn't work too well from his blog because it's in his, in his native tongue. And the, for whatever reason, translation algorithms just don't work that well for it. So, we're going to use the story from this summary of it from Infovaticana. Cardinal Joseph Zen, Archbishop Emeritus, was the latest prelate to criticize the way in which the first part of the synodality synod was carried out. On his website, the uh, prelate from that country has used a phrase from the gospel of the day to warn about the danger that the confusion that reigns in the church after the closing of the first phase of the synod on synodality has for souls. Cardinal Zen said, quote, Jesus said to his disciples, woe to him who causes others to stumble. It would be better for him if a millstone were, well, you know, were, were hung about the neck and he were tossed into the sea than for one of these little ones to stumble. And he comments, the children mentioned here are not just children, but the uh, uninformed but naive people. It's an atrocious crime to use synodality, which has been talked about for two years, but we still not know what it is to confuse the minds of the members of the church. But Jesus also said, if your brother sins, you must correct him. And if he repents, you must forgive him. The apostles thought this was really difficult to do. So they said to the Lord, please increase our faith. The Lord said, if you had faith of the size of a mustard seed, even if you said to this mulberry tree, pull it up, transplant it into the sea, she too will obey you. Lord, please increase our faith, he concludes. You know, it's interesting when you have to have a prelate like Cardinal Zen come out and speak the truth about the Synod, somebody who is, wasn't even involved in the Synod, he's retired. Cardinal Zen is like 90 years old, like literally. That's he's, and which actually makes the stands he takes more courageous if you think about it. He has a lot to lose. Uh, now, commenting on the Synod, maybe not so much, but he is a stark opponent, a strong verbal opponent of the things going on in his own home country. He has paid the price for it multiple times already. And I think his age is like the only reason that we still hear from him and that the authorities of his country haven't just simply made him go away. <sighs> the synod has been a nightmare, says Laura, and that's absolutely true, and it's not done. As Remember, it's ongoing. There are people who say, oh, we're taking this too seriously, we're worried too much about it, yada, yada, yada. Well, they act as if it's over, that nothing came from it. They're just waiting to meet until the next year. That's what they're doing. Joseph Garza as a new subscriber. I love your videos and find the breath of fresh air. I wonder why you always up so early not to pry. What's your line of work? Uh, I do this full time. Um, I just keep odd hours. I always have, I always keep odd hours and I've always been like that. I typically in the, my morning starts at about midnight. I get up, I work on some videos. I then go to the gym and which is the best time to go to the gym. because There's nobody there except for other very serious about exercise people. Then I come back and I do a live stream and continue working. Um, but yeah, so Cardinal Zen has a lot to say about that. Had a, had a fair amount to say about this. If you go to his actual, uh, the actual blog post he put up, I'll show it to you here. He is again. There, the writing is a little, a little odd because it's um he, he it's translated. This it does not appear looking like this on his on his site at all. It's in his native tongue, and then I have to use Google Translate and. Google Translate is not exactly the best translating system you can use. But he says the first part of the Bible is to read the wisdom chapter. I have just read it. I dare not say more about it because it seems to be a little provocative. I'm afraid that one day the wisdom chapter will be deleted from the Old Testament. Well, it already was when the Protestants did it. In the gospel, Jesus healed ten afflicted, but only one came back to thank him. And Jesus asked, where are the other nine? Some people say some believers go to church three times in their lives. The first time is to be baptized. The second time is to get married. The wedding in the church is very beautiful, etc. And the third time was when someone else carried him in for the, for the repose mass. Again, you see the limitations of this translation. Now, do those nine look like the type of church member? Are such church members still considered true members of the church? Now, here he's saying to those who barely come to mass, are they still true members of the church? He says the synod bishops conference, on the topic of synodality often emphasizes those who are baptized have such and such charisms. However, the members of census fidelium cannot certainly do not refer to these members. It would be an oversimplification to say that they are baptized just like the bishop. The ecclesiastical constitution of Vatican II provides a very detailed and balanced explanation of the relationship between bishops, priests and laity. Some people often talk about the spirit of Vatican II, but they may not have read this document. When the Synod of Bishops resumes in 2024, I hope that everyone will be familiar with this document, so that many time-consuming debates can be avoided. End quote, and that's his actual blog post on the subject. And that, and it's a good point that doc, the documents of Vatican II, because not because I'm a supporter of Vatican II, I'm not, but. He, he does make a good point. We are told that the Synod of Synodality is a continuation and fulfillment of Vatican II. Now, for those of you who may not be aware, there were two factions at Vatican II, really. Well, there were two factions in Vatican II. One were the so-called reformers who sprung by surprise on the rest of the most of the bishops and on the Cardinal Tovianis and Lefebvre's of the world, their intentions. And then there were the rest of the bishops, right? Well, after Vatican II, the reformers had won and they split into two factions. And the others everybody else basically fell in line except for Odoviani and Lefebvre and a few others. And they broke into two factions. And on one side, you had people like Paul VI and Francis, right? And the others, you would have had people like um, the future John Paul II and Cardinal Ratzinger and a few others. And they represented two two lines of thought in the church. And the John Paul II and Ratzinger line ran the church basically for once Paul VI was gone for 30 years, 40 years in the church. And now... We get it to live on the other side of things, and so it's that faction in the church's very specific and very dogmatic view of reforming the church and its anti-dogma of reform that dominates everything now and is the one we're told is the conclude the fulfillment of Vatican II. So it's their interpretation of Vatican II. And Isaiah is someone who is not wild about Vatican II. <clears throat> Robert Ferrick says. Regarding the synod, this hit him last night. As silver is tried by fire and gold in the furnace, so the Lord trieth the hearts. See Proverbs 17.3. That's a very good thing to remember that this is a trial for the faithful. I see a lot of people who see the stuff coming from the synod, the synod fathers coming back to their dioceses and saying all sorts of really wacky stuff, trying to promote really bizarre ideas that you know that people think about leaving. Like, don't do don't fail the test. Your test is to stay rigid hold fast to the faith. If that means finding a new parish, that's one thing, right? But that does not mean leave the faith under any circumstance. I'm good morning to you, a traditionalist Catholic. Laura says, back in 2021, when we had to fill out those questions, I thought this isn't good. See, I was, you know, in 2021, I was going to mass but and still do with the FSSP and we never got those surveys. Weirdly, our parish never was given them. wonder why that was. Robert Palat says St John Fisher was the only cardinal or bishop to publicly reject Henry VIII as a heretic much like much like lack of clerics do meaning we you know today we're not we 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 lack a St John Fisher there's a lot more bishops today than there were so you know our fishers today are the Veganos and stricklands and schneiders of the world but there just aren't that many of them just like in Henry VIII during the time of Henry VIII this is of course you know not surprising and cardinal Zen has been a very Good voice for you know the orthodox faith, even if he hasn't, even if he is himself not a great theologian and he says he's still wrestling with the Vatican II question and all these things. But not every bishop in the church needs to be a great theologian, not every bishop in the church needs to give you, you know, the citation to Denzinger and you know, Aquinas, some debate Aquinas had with some obscure theologian of his time to make the point. All they have to do is know the faith, teach the faith, defend the faith publicly and put everything on the line when called to do so. And Cardinal Zen has been exemplary at that. And that's where it really counts, right? Not everyone needs to be, you know, a bulldog. As a traditionalist Catholic says, his Eminence seems rather mild-mannered, but a good prelate. Yes, sometimes the best prelates for defending the faith are the mild-mannered. <laughs> Pat Brown says, some of Francis's changes are okay if they do not cause scandal. Well, if, and when you finish the thought, they by definition will cause scandal, like the the infamous blessings that Cardinal Fernandez issued just recently. Laura says, you have no Latin mass here in Canada. It's like three hour drive. My bishop won't allow Latin mass. Uh, I'd look into the SSPX then. You might be surprised what you find. And no, they're not in schism. That's just a lie that people keep promoting. I don't know why. They've never been declared to be in schism. Being schismatic is not the same as being in schism. You know, for instance, it's schismatic to say ne- uh, mean things about your bishop or about uh, about Francis, right? I mean, it's not the same as being in schism, though. But yes, that is what Cardinal Zen had to say on the manor. So I want to open this up to some questions here, if you have any, and also if, uh, you know, maybe some just casual chat, if you would like, about things like, what'd you do with your Thanksgiving? How many of you went to Mass yesterday? What was Mass like? Was uh, your Mass full or was it not? You know, uh, ideally, I like to go to Mass early in the morning, which com- conflicts things with Thanksgiving, because it's also your prime prepping time, right? <laughs> so what was it like? For those of you who who went to Mass, or did you not go to Mass? Um, Pat Brown says, definition of scandal, Seven String Ronan. that's response to Seven String Ronin, reminding us that the Pacamama issue was not a small scandal. It was not. It it was just this Francis's version of the CC conferences. It really was just more, I would say more in your face, but really not necessarily more in your face. It's just there was social media involved and there was the press involved more so than before. Um, In Assisi in 1988, right in front of John Paul II, an idol was placed on top of a tabernacle, (laughs) you know, and people venerated the idol. It was just, it happened. Go look at the Assisi uh, issue, if you don't believe me, if if that's news to you. But yes, if there are no further questions, we'll we'll call this here. Um, Just a reminder... There is a video, news video going live here. I've been talking about a lot of uh, bishops overseas lately, but in this one is an American bishop who went on TV and gave and decided that the, some of the worst ideas that led to the Reformation should be repeated in the church today in the name of synodality, of course, in the name of not being rigid. Traditionalist Catholic says, I saw on Twitter that outreach a James Martin group is doing exactly the scandal that Cardinal Fernandez if it doesn't cause scandal. Yeah, no, that's right. Because that caveat doesn't mean anything if it doesn't cause scandal because that's so relative. Like (laughs) Communion in the hand causes scandal for a lot of people, okay? So um, the SSPX are not in schism. There are a lot of Pope-splainers out there who will tell you they're in schism. They're not in schism. They've never been declared to be in schism. They have valid sacraments and permission to hear confession and witness marriages and do the rest. And as Bishop Schneider said, who... You visited the SSPX on behalf of Francis. In his report, he said they're not in schism. They offer the Mass in the name of Francis. They just hold to the faith, and that the issue with the SSPX is an internal, canonical issue that needs to be handled by the church internally and not be the subject of so much debate and such. There's a lot of people out there taking it upon themselves to excommunicate the SSPX for not going along with modernism, and it's unjust and uncharitable for them to do it. They have the Society of St. Pius X. They are the organization that the FSSP came from back in 1988. Um, they were founded by one of the conservative bishops at the council who, after the council was retiring and seminarians came to him begging him to open a seminary because they couldn't find a good seminary anymore. All of them had embraced novelty. <sighs> Norm, I started this one a little early because I'm tired and I want to go back to bed here soon. But um, And I'm about to wrap this one up, actually. Any further updates on Bishop Strickland? Um, I'm going to do something here in the coming days. I might do it as my live stream tomorrow about the um, uh, secular media has taken notice and how a lot of Catholic media are just overtly lying about Bishop Strickland. So, yep, Archbishop Lefebvre, who I am convinced will one day be canonized. He was excommunicated by John Paul II, but plenty of There are plenty of saints who have been excommunicated before who had their excommunications lifted and then later canonized. So, I expect I'm one of those who thinks he will be canonized, and I say that as a guy who goes to mass with the FSSP. So, anyway, any further comments? If not, we will wrap this up here. We have, you know, uh, if you're going to go hit the stores this morning, please be safe. Remember, you know, twenty dollars off a pack of, of socks or a pair of shoes is not worth getting, you know, putting yourself in any kind of peril for. Traditional Catholic says he thinks Archbishop Lefebvre will be a saint and a doctor. Yes. And R- R- Roseanne Rossi says he's a saint, whether recognized or not. You know, it's funny. There are people tracking miracles associated with him, and there's a lot, apparently. So, The priests here in Manhattan are concerned about Cardinal Dolan. It's interesting, though. Cardinal Dolan has shifted more to, away from like the Bergoglian side of things towards towards the middle more, which is good. Hopefully that journey will continue. Steven says the power is behind the senator playing the long game. If they can get people to talk about a about a big change, that is a victory for them. Next year will be a it will it will be small change. Yeah, and I've got more on that for you this coming week. What's with Dolan? He's uh, not so down with a lot of the novelties that we're seeing, especially on like James Martin stuff anymore. And that's a good thing about Bishop Sheen, not a saint. Depends who you ask. The Supich um, and them. Uh, blocked his canonization for their own reasons, probably a lot to do with ecclesiastical politics. Yes, uh, that's another one. Cardinal Dolan will be retiring in two years. If Francis is the one replacing him in two years, watch out. That is a a big C to replace. So start looking at the up-and-coming archbishops on that side of things in America for that. Anyway, folks, I think we'll call it here. Thanks for tuning in today. Give that video today a, a view if you can. Pray for that priest I started this with because that uh, the DJing stuff, man. <laughs> anyway, as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein, Ave Maria.